that makes the world right at the beginning of the world. So it's a Rashi that we have to learn together. says all the greenery was yet in the world wasn't yet in the world all the grass had not yet sprouted usher the grass had not yet sprouted for Hashem had not brought rain on the earth yet Hashem didn't bring rain. Nothing grew yet at this point. For Hashem had not brought rain. And there wasn't man to work the ground. Says Rashi, B'Shem Chazal, there's an obvious cashier here. In general, I don't like two reasons for something. I'm very into when you do something, do it for one reason. Mm-hmm. I'm very weird. I don't say never. Move closer, Eliza. I want you to hear this rule. Eliza, move closer. We're good friends, Eliza. I don't like a guy saying, and be what? very oh. weary of this in your life, that I'm doing it to his. I'll give a mushal, a very simple mushal. Be very, like, as follows. A bacher doesn't come to say one day. Where were you? First of all, my chavrusa wasn't here. I'm not feeling that well anyway. So he has two reasons. Chavrusa's not here, he's not feeling great. Is either reason good or not is not here? Musavad, there's chumish, there's, there's halacha, you get to see Shemishol. There's a lot of reasons to yes come. See, Chavrus is not here. Is that enough? The guy is admittedly, I only learned him a half hour. It's not, it's not the svarah. I'm not feeling so. You have a little sniffles beside it. You're better in yeshiva than in bed with the sniffles. At least be here where it's kishmak. Why be in a depressing bed? Often we're fooled by multiple reasons. Zero plus zero plus zero doesn't equal any number. And we fool ourselves a lot with multiple reasons. There are times you could have it serif, admittedly. There are times you could have a combination with all the factors. Enough. Be careful with that. A guy's clearing, should I go to the chasna or should I stay in yeshiva? Try to get one reason. This is the reason. I like if I'm doing something in yeshiva, this is why we're doing it. It's not five reasons. Not well, this. And don't believe people so fast and they tell you five reasons. It's not true. They're doing it for, typically they're doing it for one reason. They're saying five, well, this plus this plus, you don't, come on, why are you doing it? I always try to ask myself, and I do something to Kalish, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Why do you want to do it? Why? And, and one reason, knock it off with the five. You'll catch yourself off with five reasons that they're four baloney, and this is why you're doing it. But it's important to identify the reason you're doing it. I'm very, very wary of multiple reasons. This Pusik is a classic two reasons that you're like, what? It says, we're talking here, there's no grass in the world. Yes, and you hear the Pasuk, why is there no grass? So the Pasuk gives the two reasons. It says two reasons. The simple shot in the Pasuk. says there was no grass for Hashem had not sent rain. There was no... The grass didn't sprout. Not yet sprouted. Hashem did not bring rain. That's why there's no grass. And as well, there was no human being to work the land. Yitzchel is no human being to, which sounds like there was no human being to till the soil to do the things necessary for the grass to grow. The second reason. You know what this is analogous to? The rabbi is speaking and he says, I, I've said this mashal before, he says, why, he says Martha, he says, he says that why is Noyach spelled Nun Lamedches? He asks his congregation, why is it spelled Nun Lamedches? So a congregant says, raises his hand, uh, it's not. He says, so that's one answer, but I want to offer a different approach. There's no different approach, that's the answer. It's not one answer, it's the answer. 
The reason there's no grass is because there's no rain. There's no rain, there's no start to any process. It's a more fundamental reason. Now it's true, even if there was rain, if there was no man to work the soil and do what's necessary, maybe, maybe it wouldn't maybe, happen. Maybe it could just, be. But there's no start, it's not rain. You know, the, the, the next mushroom, these are Rebbe jokes. In Rebbe's school they tell you these jokes. They're not very funny, but please laugh politely. A guy says my... A guy's in the desert, my kingdom for a glass of water, says one to the other. So the other says says back to him, you have no kingdom. He says, well, no, you have no glass of water. Okay. In Rebbe school, they say. <laughs> Thank you. Mary, 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 I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. The bottom line is, is to say in the pasuk, to say in the pasuk, Rabbi say that it, it that it didn't the the the, gra- the grass didn't grow. Yitzchak to say two reasons the grass didn't grow. Reason number one, Aaron, I want you to hear this badly. Reason number one, the grass didn't grow. It says no rain. Reason number two, there's no man to work the ground. Adam, I... But the Hashem didn't say that you have to work the ground until after Adam left. What's going on? Can I then? So then, what does it make it different? Nice question. Nice question. Valid question. Valid question. But the Pasuk gives two reasons. There was no rain and there's no man to work the ground. If there's no rain, there's no start. It's not Negeia. Rain causes it to grow. It doesn't matter if man's here to work or not. There's no start to this process. If there's rain, then you can clear step two. Is there somebody to plant? There's no, there's no rain. There's no start to this process. What are these two reasons? Just say there's no rain. There's no grass because there ain't no rain. That's simple. But the Pasuk says two reasons. There's no grass, there's no rain, and there was no man to work the ground. Like assuming you had all the things in place, but there's no man to work the ground. If a guy doesn't own seeds, if a guy doesn't own seeds, doesn't own grass seeds, he doesn't even have any. They're none around. There's a shortage of grasses. You ask him why he has no lawn. His lawn looks like mine. Completely like dead. Just just brown. There's not two reasons. There's no... Well, first of all, I have no seeds. And second of all, I haven't gotten around yet. There's no start. You have no seeds. There's no start. The pastor just should say there's no rain. The second, itself doesn't add. So Chazal are bothered by this kasha. And Chazal, Rashi brings the Chazal, say when it says there is no man, is actually the explanation why there's no rain. It's not two reasons. It's the reason there is no rain. The Pasuk is not saying two reasons, Mayor. What Rashi says, B'Shem Chazal, is there's one reason there's no grass, there's no rain. But why is there no rain? It's not saying why there's no grass. It says... Let's go back to Go back to the original question, but okay, one answer. No, so now you have one, only one reason is being given. The reason there's no grass, there's no rain. Now is another question, why is there no rain? Very valid question, why is there no rain? Why didn't Hashem send rain? And on that, the answer is because there is no man. Listen to the Chazal. Says Chazal, Umatam, so you have to just push up shot before I even get. I don't like jumping to Musr to the idea. I always want to study Chazal without any agenda. We're not learning Chumash to say something that I want to say. We have to learn Hashem's Torah. Stamp shot in the Pasuk. The Pasuk, you read the Pasuk, there is no grass. It sounds like two reasons. That's not how Rashi learned. And then you have to figure out why didn't Rashi learn that way. I believe because what I just asked you. So Rashi learns, and Rashi explains us the Pasuk, what the Pasuk, what Hashem is telling us. There is no grass because there is no rain. But why is there no rain? Because there's no man. Now why is that a reason not to have rain? Hashem didn't send rain because there's no man to work the ground. Yes, David. So says David, listen to this Rashi, excellent David. Says the Rashi, Why didn't Hashem bring rain? There is nobody to recognize the goodness of rain. When man comes along, and he recognizes that it's necessary for the world, his man daven for it, the yard when it comes. That is what happened. So man would appreciate it Man came down and he recognized the need for rain. 
He was makir b'toyvas eshagashamim. He recognized the need for it. He prayed, and then we got it. Now, yet if you think everything we're studying in, in, in Sefer Bereshis about Adam speaks to all the Bnei Adam. Think about the history of our world. It is massively important to you and I. Martha, what happened was, man, came, this, is a, this is a fact. Aaron, I need you to hear this badly. Tell the guy you'll call him from my phone and your phone afterwards. Here, pass him my phone. Come, come, let's go. He just wanted to pass the phone. Could you sit right next to, to, to Shmaiz? Yeah, sure. I like Aaron a lot. I want you to yeah, hear this. I'm wrong. Yeah. Could you get him a chair? Could you get him a chair? Train phones, train phones, train phones. <laughs> Look how fancy this is. <laughs> like this, Aaron. History lesson. Man comes to the world. Man comes to the world. And he sees, I don't know how he figured it out. It's interesting. It doesn't say how. Hashem made, it's interesting how you can even know that. He sees there's no greenery. How he knows that, that things aren't spreading. How he knows it's supposed to spread. I have a lot of questions. I don't know the answer. But man has an understanding things are supposed to grow. It's remarkable how he figured it out. There is no growth. You have to picture this is a fact. This is the mitzvah what happened. There's a man who's walking around and he's waiting for things to sprout. He somehow hops that food is going to come off the tree. I don't know how he knows that. And greenery is supposed to grow. Things that wheat, all these things, he somehow hops it. I don't know how. He also hops that it needs rain to happen. It needs water. How he understands that, I have no idea. Perhaps he tried, you have to picture, perhaps he tried different things. Remember, there are different elements in the world. He's doing experiments. It could be he took water. There was water, and he poured it on, and things grew, and he saw it. I don't know how he figured everything out, but he figured it out. Using Chachma, this was not a miracle. Using Chachma, he figured out that things grow from water. But alas, there's not enough water. And he can't possibly water everything. Impossible for a human being. And he starts davening to his creator for water. He figures out the need for water. And greater than figuring out the need for water is he figures out prayer. Man wasn't told, there was no... He wasn't told about prayer. He talks to his creator. His creator doesn't owe him diddly squat. He's been created. And he needs water. And he's makir betoivas in shogishamim. And Hashem wants him to pray. And as much as it won't grow without water, it won't grow without prayer. And he prays. And then there's water. And then he has his stuff. That's a fact what happened. And by the way, he passed that on to his children. That the way we got things is I prayed, there was rain, and then we got it. And the lesson you and I learn equal to the fact that things need rain. Much of the world only has learned that things only grow with water. They are dumb to only learn that. There's a second lesson you learn equally important. That we get things through prayer. That we get things through tefillah. Ba Adam, he was makir, the need for it, and he davened for it. Years ago, I started getting letters, Mayor, in the mail. At first, I thought it was a campaign. I thought it was like just junk mail. You always get, when you pick up your mail, it's OP Roy junk mail. And you get all different nonsense, and you sort out, and then you take care of the stuff that's necessary, the important stuff, your bills and your <laughs> wedding invitations, bar mitzvah invitations, and all the important stuff. But most of what you get daily is junk mail, advertisements. So every once in a while, you get, you have been chosen, Daniel Kalish, you're a winner, and you, you hold on, it's exciting. You see, the, you're getting a free trip to the Bahamas, you and six people, five nights stay, and you get these type of like blitzes, these cute things that are all just advertising and, and different ways of getting you to buy different products, and to, just different ways, credit cards, things that they're trying to appeal to you for, all the things like that. 
fax. I got in the mail a whole bunch of letters. It said it came, you have, un- Daniel Kalish, you have unclaimed monies. So I thought the unclaimed monies is like my trip to the Bahamas. Yeah, the same. I ignored it for a while till I started realizing it. They meant it. I made calls. At the end, it turned out there's a wing of the government. You can check it up online. There's an unclaimed monies department. They had tens of millions of dollars. There are tens of millions of dollars of people whose money, for whatever reason, was lost in the system. And they have tens of millions of dollars from citizens that is unclaimed money for various reasons. People, and I was getting the government was telling me some of those tens of millions are yours. I think it was like $87.60 of the tens of millions were mine. There was money. I, why it was there, how it got there, I, 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 I don't remember. I don't know if I knew then. But I unclaimed money. I got it. I got my $87.62, whatever it was. I had unclaimed money in the American government and it was somewhere there and I, I, I filed for it and I got it. Supposed to, we have to learn from our tzaddikim. Money matters. Money is very important. Tzadikim medakim manaseim. Tzadikim are makbed on their money. They care about money. A gift from Hashem. They're not overly into money. They're into serving Hashem. But they value and appreciate the money of Hashem. So we have to learn from tzadikim. So I myself tried. I tried to mirror and to copy tzadikim and to care about it. And I got the $87 and whatever it was. Where's the money now? Safely in my bank account, not in the American government. But there's an unclaimed, you can look online. You can look online, there's unclaimed monies department. And I got letters from them, I proudly say, and I claim my money. That money's gone. If you look it up, there used to be tens of millions, there's 87 less dollars there, because I got my money. The bottom line is, Rabbi say. I told you about the movie I'm going to make one day. That's going to, this movie I'm going to make about the reality and the spiritual reality. It's going to be different colors, and you're going to see what it looks like and, and, the, and the spiritual reality. It is pushed that there's unbelievable things waiting for people that we're supposed to pick up with Tefillah. Hashem tells us. Hashem tells us to. Um, Hashem tells us, Aaron, Hashem tells us, build a Mishkan, and I am going to dwell in your midst. Build a Mishkan. So we go through the, te- the arduous task of building a Mishkan. We do it, Aaron, not easy. We, we get down and dirty, we build a Mishkan. After it's done, what did God promise? Build it. And what will I do? I'll live in your midst. After we're done building the Mishkan, Maishu Rabbeinu offers a tefillah, a bracha slash tefillah, Shetishra Shechid of Maishu Yadeichem, Hashem dwell in your midst, Mayor. I don't get it. You promised! You told us, build it, and I'll live there. I always have love. This is my warped mind. I beg Mechila. It shouldn't be on tapes. I beg Mechila. I was by a relative who's not from, and they wanted to do something a night together, and they showed us Field of Dreams. I admit it. I can't help my warped, my sick mind. Whenever I think, build, build the Mishkan, and I'll dwell in your midst, I think of the words, build it, and, and they'll come. For those that saw Field of Dreams, I was it Field of Dreams? I think Field of yeah, Dreams. Yeah. Build it, and they'll come. Anyway, Hashem promises, Mishuga. You see what? But anyway, Aaron, Sashem says, build it, build a Mishkan, and I'll dwell in your midst. We build a Mishkan, Maish, and then Maish Rabbeinu offers a prayer that Hashem should dwell in the midst. But Hashem promised us that. The answer to the question is, is that Hashem did promise, and now pick it up. The way you pick things up is with tefillah. We were taught that, man was taught that right at the beginning of creation. You need rain, man discovers, then he has to go get it. Okay, pick up the rain. How? Thaven, pray. That's how we pick up gifts. There is massive amount of unclaimed merchandise for you and I that Hashem is just waiting for us to pray. Ask for it. It doesn't mean everything we ask for we get. It means there's a lot out there that pray and get it. That is what a man is supposed to do. Talk to his creator. That's what he wants. Before you call out, I could already answer. But I want to hear when you talk. The creator wants us to talk to him. 
He wants the relationship. And he built that we have a lot of things we need from him. Come to me. I want you to come to me. Much like a parent, you know, kids call up their way. They say, Dad, can I have a few dollars? So you feel, the kid feels badly often. I'm not saying this to ease your guilt. So kids don't like the good, you know, good solid kid, a giver. He doesn't want to be a taker. So he's like, you know, you know the bacher comes over asking for my van. The guy like thinks you're a navi. He's like standing there, he's like... It's like, oh, you want the van? They're like, he's like, well, you know that, I can't believe... You see, he's like shuffling, he doesn't have to say, good afternoon. I'm going to start a borrowing from Menachem now. What? Let's go to Menachem now if I want to borrow. Uh, <laughs> the kids are at Dvaramiz, so we, we ask our father for something there, and we feel a little badly asking for money. I want to tell you from the father's perspective. My son says, I, I usually, Baruch I try to remember to give him before he is. My son's asking, we need, we need money, I'm like, I feel so good. Ah. Of course. Well, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't even thinking before. But of course, you feel good. I want them to come to me and to talk. Please. We turn to Hashem. He wants us to communicate with Him, Rabbi Say. Hashem wants us to talk to Him, to express our needs, and to ask. And that is only how we pick things up. And man was taught that all the way at the beginning of creation to the most basic of needs. You need rain, he figured out the chachma, and with equal chachma, he figured out the way you pick up the rain is with prayer. So I say to the Olam Rabbi say that Klai Yisrael is in an ace sorrow. All of us, all of us, each of us is different how much we feel it. It's not something you can always control in the short term. Some people are very feel it strongly. It helps if you have relatives there. All of us have close friends that are sitting in Eretz Yisrael. It makes you like, it's a pachad. I say to everybody, no matter how much you feel it emotionally or not, if you feel emotionally, you're fortunate. If you don't feel it, I say anyway, intellectually, there are yidden, unbelievable amount of yidden in the mats of sakana and naira. Unbelievable sakana. To just ignore it is silly, but can I do anything about it? So we spoke yesterday, you're at Selim Elohim. But Selim Elohim is the belief, is the knowledge, is the complete truth that I can impact the entire world. My actions matter. Part of that gaiva, but Selim Elohim, of that good gaiva, of your massive impact, is turn to the Creator and pray. Turn to the Creator and pray. The Mepharshim that learn, our enemy who's beating us up, his name is Yishmael. Yishmael means Yishmakel, Hashem will hear prayer. That's their name, not because they pray. God doesn't listen to prayer of disgusting people, of people that hands are full of blood. Yishmakel is God will hear. Yishmakel, God will hear. Yishmael is because he's going to hear our prayers. They're going to move us to Daven. They're going to move us to pray. Yishmael's survival, his very existence is because of the prayer of his mother, his very existence. And he is going to arouse the Yidden to pray as he's arousing us to pray now. Daven, Rabbi said. Care about Yidden. Care about Yidden and do something practical. Our tefillah matters. Daven Tashem, included in your prayers. In middle of Shema Kaleinu, talk. Say they Yidden. Daven most for your friends. Not to the exclusion of others. It helps them. Don't feel guilt. Daven for one guy. You have a close friend in there, so let him be safe, Hashem. Then incorporate him and many other Yidden. Now it's more normal to care about the guy you know there. You have a friend there. I don't want to single him out. There are a lot of Jews. I feel funny. Don't feel funny. Your first achrayis is your friend. Certainly, then it leads you to think about others, and certainly you include him. When a guy is a chayla, you dive him for the chayla amongst the other chaylim. You dive him for your friend amongst all the yidden that need it. Put him amongst the yidden. It's powerful. Dive him for your friends. You have a friend in Eretz Yisrael. He's in a matzah of sakana. Unbelievable. Dive him for him. Real. Say Tashem. Whether you emotionally feel not, it's hard to feel it. You're not there. It's distant Davin. Speak it out. He's sitting, he's in his dorm. If he walks on the street, he's afraid. Davin for him. Include him amongst all the Yidden of Eretz Yisrael. I'm Davining for, fill in the name, whoever it may be.
Zebi sends for each one should be kept safe by Hashem amongst all the Yidin in Eretz Yisroh who need Hashem's protection. Davin Tfilu works. Hashem's waiting for our Tfilis. And He listens to Tfilis. We say it three times a day. He listens to Tfilu. Tfilu works. You Davin, you ask for something. Ask Shtarek. And Hashem listens to Tfilu. That's what it says. I was, Elul, there was a group of Bachram in a car. And they wanted to go to a Yankee game. They wanted to go to a Yankee and they're ready in the car. They're ready in the car and they were all excited. They were going to back seats. It was a very cloudy day. We're not making to tell the story as is. It was a very cloudy day. And they were in my van, loaded and packed to go. Five o'clock, about 5.15 ready. They would have made the game and they had legend seats, they thought. You get all the goodies from legend seats in the van and then the seats fell through. So I'm hoity, I got in my van, they all had to leave the van, you know how frustrating that is? They all had to leave the van and depart, that's it. So I said to Hashem, I'm hoity. And I think you can impact. I said, Hashem, I'm sorry to do this. I know there are 50,000 people who want to see Yankee game. But I'll be honest, I don't care about this video. I care about Mayor Mattel. Please send rain. I don't want a game tonight. I don't want them. They missed the game. They had legend seats to no game. Call me selfish. I am. Tough luck. I asked for rain. It was cloudy. And Baruch Hashem, the game was rained out. That's a good zerk. Tefillah works. I want to tell you like this. The Kayin Gadol is Lefnai V'Lefnim. He's with the holiest place on earth, the Kayin Gadol. He's Lefnai V'Lefnim. He's in the Kaydish HaKadoshim. He's in the holiest place on earth, the Kayin Gadol. And he's in the holiest place. That story is not a, That story was cloudy and you can say what you want. The story is not a great story about any person. It's not a story about me. It's a story about Hashem Tfila works. For us all, if we're sincere, you sincerely ask for something, Hashem listens. Shemea Tfila. It's no Chiddush. We say it three times a day. He listens to Tfila. That's a fact. The Kain Gadol is Lefnai V'Lefnim. He's in the holiest place on earth, the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And he turns to Hashem, and he's asking Hashem for rain. He's davening, he learned from Adam Arishan. He asks Hashem, he wants a year of sustenance. Most of the Jews were agricultural. Most of our Parnassah, most of the sustenance of Klal Yisrael, most of the livelihood was through agriculture. Through the ground. So sitting in the Kodesh Akdashim, what is he davening for? Parnassah of Yidin. It's some fascinating. I think it's so spiritual in the Kodesh and he's davening for such physical things. But the answer is, Yenes Gashmias is your Ruchnias. Don't ever forget those words. Yenes Gashmias, Yen is a Yiddish word, the other guy, Yenem. Yenem's Gashmias is your Ruchnias. Somebody else's Gashmias is your Ruchnias. So the Kain Gadol, is like we wouldn't believe in the holiest place on earth. If you're not worthy and you're in that place, you drop dead in an instant. And the Kain Gadol Ufnaiv Ufnim, what's he davening for? Yidin should have money. Yidin should have money. The, the, the Parnas of other Yidin. So he says, Hashem Yehud listen to this. He says, Let Hashem please send rain. Then listen to what he does. He says, Hashem, please don't listen to the tefillah of the traveler. What's he talking about? He's asking for rain. There's some Yidin out there, there's some Yidin out there is traveling. I'll tell you, Amaisa. I was with my kids, we were driving, we were driving to New York. I'm the last guy in Waterbury, I own the Merritt, it's my highway. I go on, most Waterbury people don't go, I always go on the Merritt. Most Waterbury people to get to New York, take the 84, 684. The Merritt is officially clocked by the, by the GPS, it's a minute or two longer. Machlaik is GPS's, a minute or two longer distance than 84684. It's the same distance, a minute or two longer, the, the, the merit, than the 6844. I take it because it's more pretty, it's gorgeous, it's through a forest. They're animals, I love animals. They're always groundhogs. Be careful from the deer in the summer. The groundhog, the deer, the other animals, very pretty. And in the fall now, it's like you lose your breath. You, you could be careful not to drive off the road from the gorgeous views. Stunning. Looks like a fire. The orange and red and yellow, stunning. 
So I take the merit. Another mile of the merit, there are a lot of re- the three full rest stops with food and it's just kishmak. The three full gears, food, everything. The kids have, have facilities to use. So the bottom line is I'm a merit guy. Even being a merit guy, it's always when a kid Murphy's law, when a kid needs the facilities, it might not be in the place close to a rest stop. So one of my kids needs to use the facilities. And it's not near a rest stop, so it's pouring rain. So I, so I say, okay, the next overpass, I don't have to go to the bathroom on the side of the road outside. The, on the side of the road, I see an overpass. From a different, it's, there was an overpass there. So I pulled to the side. I walked with him in the rain under the overpass. Turned my back to the road. I'll guard him, and he should use the facilities. He's about. He go. He goes there. I turn to the road. The next second, we hear under the overpass. We hear like rustling in the leaves, and a man sits up. We both ran. He didn't need to use the facilities anymore. <laughs> he was cured. A man, a man sat up. Under and over. The man sat up. That man, Rabbi says, praying to Hashem, please stop the rain. He doesn't want rain. He's a homeless man who's sleeping under an overpass because it's raining and he wants to come out from the overpass. The Kohen Gadol of Naival of Nim. Millions of people, three million people need rain. He says to Hashem, please send rain so all of Kla Yisrael has sustenance. Says the Kohen Gadol to Hashem, there's going to be one Jew who's walking, who's traveling, who doesn't have a place to stay yet. He's traveling. And it gets cloudy and he's going to be like Kalish. He's, 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 he's pushed he's selfish. So he sees it's cloudy. He's going to say, Hashem, please don't send rain. Mayor, I promise, this is true, Yitzhi. The Kain Gadol is afraid of that guy. He's in the Kain Shakdashim. Three million people need rain. Who cares about that guy? He's afraid of how powerful his tefillah is. His tefillah is going to be so real. He's sitting there. You know how real it is when you're just sitting there and it's raining on your head? And he's going to say, Hashem, please stop the rain. And the Kohen Gadol's nervous. He has to counteract such a tefillah. So he davens to Hashem in the Holy of Holies. Hashem, please don't listen to his tefillah. What are you concerned about? I'll tell you another vert. This vert, this vert, listen to this story. The altar of Kelm, everybody listen to this story. You don't want to miss this. The altar of Kelm for 22 years had this vert and he didn't say it to anybody. When you have a vert inside of you, if you say it to the wrong people, it ruins it. If you have something that lights your fire, it's a vert that ignites you, and you tell it to a crowd who doesn't care. You go to a friend, I heard a schmooze, I'm... And you tell it to a guy who's not a caring person. It's like, oh, very, very cute, yeah. It takes away a lot. It's like, oh... It's very, it's, it takes away your fire. So Bali Musa were very careful, Yechiel, if they had a vert, who they said it and when they said it. The altar of Kelm, the vert I'm about to tell you, he held on to for 22 years, didn't tell anybody. After 22 years, he gathered the people of Kelm, he asked them to come together and he told them the following vert. And I want to share this vert with you. Please hear this vert that he held for all these years. 17 years. I said 22, so it was 17 years. I added five years, I apologize. 17 years, the altar of Kelm held on to this vert. And then he gathered the entire Kelm and he said, There's something I have to tell you. <coughs> Listen to this vert, Mayor. All of Kalal Yisrael is gathered. Who's behind this? I need him to hear this. Could you move the shtender, Ben? I need to see him. I like Martha a lot. Martha, please move that shtender. Chiyoli, listen to this. Who's Ari? Is the Ari? Listen to this, Ari's. All picture the scene. Let's set the scene. There are a bunch of buffoons who challenge Moshe Rabbeinu, led by Kairach. They challenge Moshe Rabbeinu. As the, as the leader of Klal Yisrael. They challenge the validity of his words. They challenge whether he told the truth. They claim he makes things up. If Moshe Rabbeinu makes things up, our whole Messiah 
is in question. <coughs> Our entire who we are is in question. And all of us know Moshe Emes Sarasa Emes. He didn't make up one thing, Moshe Rabbeinu. But you had these buffoons that, chal- that challenged Moshe Rabbeinu. And these buffoons who challenge Moshe Rabbeinu, and they say that he made things up, who asked him to point out everything he did, Al Piyashen. Now listen to this. Comes Moshe Rabbeinu and he makes a test. We're both going to bring a carbon and let us see from Hashem who's right, me or you. You buffoons are me. If your carbons answered Ali, you're right. I made things up. Our entire history is altered. Our entire belief is shaken. Yet, see, listen to this, neighbor. And if Maishra Rabbeinu's carbons, the fire comes from heaven and accepts it, Maishra Rabbeinu is completely in the right. Does Maishra Rabbeinu have any suffix, Rabbi Say, if he was right or wrong? Does he know he didn't make anything up? Of course. Does he know they're fools? Of course. It's the hardest thing. If two people are in court together and one knows the other is lying, you lose your mind. You lose, you know he's lying. You're like, I'll kill you. Like, it's so angry. Like, somebody's there, you know he's lying. That didn't happen. Like the somebody else watches it, okay, I don't know who's telling the truth. When you know the other guy's lying, the anger is like intense. Maishra Rabbeinu knows the lie, he knows he didn't make up anything. Zero. He's no doubts. Listen to the prayer Maishra Rabbeinu says to Hashem. He says to Hashem, please don't listen to accept the carbon of Kairach. He asked the altar of Kelm for 17 years he was bothered by this Kasha and told no one. He asked the altar of Kelm, what does he need to pray to Hashem? Don't listen to their carbon. If you want to pray, accept my maybe God will listen to neither carbon. They're liars, buffoons, stupid people trying to alter history. Your carbon, you're trying to affirm. You're trying to affirm. You're trying to make everybody know the truth, the validity of Yiddishkeit, of the word of Maish Rabbeinu. So your carbon, you need to pray to Hashem, please answer my carbon. Why do you have to pray, please don't send down a fire for Kairach? God's going to send a fire for the liar? To do what? To alter history? Why did Maisha pray? Don't listen to his, don't send a fire to his carbon, Chaim. A valid kasha. Said the altar of Kel, it's probably the nicest word I ever heard in my life. For sure, way up there. For sure, up there. Zaki, don't ever forget this word and tell your mama this word. She'll appreciate this because she's a very hush of a lady. Zaki, listen to this word. You hear the kasha? You got the, I'll say the kasha ten more times. You hear the kasha? Yeah, the scene you have Moshe against these buffoons and they're each going to bring a carbon the buffoons and Moshe if their carbon's accepted God's siding with them Moshe made things up if his carbon's accepted every word he said was true when I say accepted it means a fire comes from heavens a miracle and burns that carbon they each bring the carbon Moshe says a prayer he doesn't just pray his carbon should be accepted he prays please don't send a fire to their carbon Moshe knows that they're complete liars. Why does he have to pray? Don't send a fire to their carbon. He's talking to God. There's a real conversation. God, who knows everything, please don't send a fire showing they're right. Pray, please answer my carbon. Okay, that you need, you know, that needs a prayer. Why does he pray? Please don't accept their carbon. Why would Hashem do that? Good question. The altar of Kelm for 17 years is bothered by the question. Yitzhi, you know what he said? Listen to what he said, Effie. Listen to what he said, Effie. Excellent, Effie. Listen to what he said. Said the altar of Kelm, Kairach is standing there. He's a liar, an idiot, who's challenged the greatest leader we ever had. But he's embarrassed. His moment is up. Show is over. He's been busted. He's standing in front of all the Jewish people and he puts the carbon down, knowing he's a liar, knowing he's really going to be exposed for the fraud he is. 
and he's looking around. This is going to be really. He has a big beard, Festa Pais, and he's going to be exposed as a fraud in front of three million people. Do you know what that means to be exposed as a fraud in front of three million people? So he says to the one above, he whispers a silent prayer. He says, God, I'll make all this up. I will fix up everything I did. Please, I beg you, Hashem. Don't let me be exposed to be a fraud. I beg you, Hashem. Send the car, but send the fire down. I know it's damaging to our whole history, but I am so embarrassed. Three million people see I'm a liar. I beg you, Hashem, I plead with you. I do tshuva for all my damage. I just feel badly. I beg you. I mean this. I've never been more sincere in my life. Oh, you will see the rest of my life. I will do tshuva for this claim. I was wrong. I beg you, Hashem, just send a fire. I am so ridiculously embarrassed. That's a sincere tefillah. That's sincere. Completely sincere. There's no Aveira in that. His Aveira in the past. Ooh, wah, wah. That's sincere. Completely sincere. I don't want to be embarrassed in front of three million people. Moshe Rabbeinu said the altar of Kelm is frightened from that tefillah. To the point that he has to pray to God, please don't listen to that tefillah. I am afraid. I'm afraid because he's going to be so sincere. Sincere feel is potent. The altar of Kelm gathered the entire Kelm and for 17 years he held this vert and he told them the power of sincere tefillah from Kairach. That Moshe Rabbeinu had to say, Hashem, I'm scared out of my brains that his tefillah is going to be answered. Is that one of the nicest thoughts you ever heard in your life? The altar of Kelm's thought, for 17 years he held on to that. Even something today for I think that word is... If he doesn't want to be, to be embarrassed, it's never good for you being. The embarrassment is death itself. It's not going to and he begs Hashem, I'm going to improve everything. Just please send down a fire. Don't embarrass me. Afterwards, I'm going to go around. I'll explain. You'll send a fire to my shores. I'll send a fire to us both. Or just please don't let me be exposed right now. I'll explain. I'll fix it up. I'll... You ever heard this altar of Kelm? Kodesh Kadosh. Kodesh Kadosh in this word. Says the altar of Kelm. Sincere tefillah. Sincere tefillah is powerful. So I say to the Olam Rabbi say, this wasn't the topic I wanted to speak about the second day of this man. But you, you alter everything when there's a matzah of sakana. It's a difficult time for Kali Yisrael. I say to us all Rabbi say, take up tefillah. Come a daven, a daven. The trick, daven for the one close to you. To you to say, protect all the yidin. There's some baruch and afula you don't care so much about. It's hard to care about him. It's hard. You'll come to care about him if you pr- if you pray for him. First, start with your friends. Say, Hashem, I have a chaver, I have a brother, I have a mother, I have a cousin, I have a sister. In Eretz Yisrael, please protect them amongst all the Jews of Eretz Yisrael who need protection. Protect them as well. But daven for your friend there. Really daven for Really pray to Hashem. Let him be safe. He's walking the streets. All the streets. He, people have to go out. They have to go out. He's walking the streets. Make him safe from those murderous thugs. Daven Rabbi Yisrael for Yidin. All the Yidin. But start with your friend and then expand it out. Start with your friend amongst all the Yidin. Protect him as well as all the Yidin need. But you mention your friend is more, more personal, more powerful. Daven, Rabbi, say, care for Yidin. Tefillah is powerful. Tefillah is listen to Hashem's Hashemaya. Tefillah, Tefillah. These enemies are riled up. Somebody show me, I wanted to see it. Somebody show me a video of one of these murderers speaking to his, his people murderous words, unbelievable. We have to match their fire. It's like a hard battle. They're fired up to fight. So the instinct that Bachram ends is normal. Because I'll kill them. It's a, good, it's a good reaction. I'll kill. I want to take a knife and match them. Our fire has to be different than their fire. Their fire is a fire to kill. Our fire is a fire to sewer. 
it's a different fire and it's almost hard. Our reaction, I'll kill him! I'll kill. Yeah, okay, so good, so that, it doesn't help. You'll kill them, they outnumber us. If you match their fire, fire they'll stab, we'll stab them back. It's, it, it's the numbers like are not close. Like we saw and stab should, them? Yeah, you should feel like stabbing them, yeah. But then steig, then diving hard. Yeah, of course you should feel like stabbing them. Of course. A guy's a murderer. But that, the Bachram Yeshiva, well, guys in Bwadabi are very authentic. Yeshiva produces authentic people. There are a lot of guys who want to fight in the army, in the Israeli army. It's a common. When a Bachram tells me that I get very happy, because an authentic reaction of someone who cares, who's thinking, many guys in Yeshiva tell me, I want to fight in Israeli. I know what they mean. They care about Yidin, they want to do something. They don't realize, say, what a prayer does, what a, what a Seder of Limud does, what working on our Midas was, what being a better brother does. They don't know about the Tzelem Elohim. So in their not knowing about the Tzelem Elohim, about the impact of Yid's Maisim, they want to stand up for Yidin. Taka, be driven to stand up for Yidin and do a mitzvah. Be driven to stand up for Yidin and put on tzitzis. I'm driven, I'll kill him! And then put on tzitzis. Tzel him Elohim, you put on tzitzis, one more year is safe. That's just, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking. Are you serious? I put it, yeah, you put on film. You put on tzitzis. Kill him and get your tzitzis on. It's hard to understand where it's Selim Elohim. That, that's going to be a year's worth of learning. That we're at Selim Elohim. That our actions, our doing what's right, impacts the whole world. It defeats the forces of enemies. You fight in the army, you could take on one Arab. You're at Selim Elohim, you take on all the millions and millions, all the billions of Arabs. You take on one billion yourself, you're at Selim Elohim. But that's hard, I admit it. The authentic person feels like killing first. It's normal. He feels like fighting in the Israeli army. Guys go off and in Waterbury, it's like a common story. Guy goes to school, he learns for a year, then he's going to go to the army. He's young, yeah. And they end up learning full time because they realize we're at Selim Elohim. Doesn't mean as opposed to fighting. We need people to fight in the army, most definitely. So mayor said it's not as opposed. I agree with mayor fully. You could fight in the army and be at Selim And we need that also, no doubt about it. We need that guy that Selim Kim we need. And we need that Selim Kim also fights, not as opposed to. I like when a Bacha wants to fight in the army. I appreciate that. I also want to fight in the army. <laughs> Well, what we have to figure out. Oh, is that my job or not? You have to figure out. It's important that when things are going on for Yidin, it shouldn't just be like, I'm at peace, everything's geschmack for you. It's important. Important to be to be nice, say well, to think about it. The best way is through prayer. The best way, because prayer works, sincere prayer works. Talk to Hashem. You, for your friend, you for sure can feel. Think about zone in on a chaver and pray to Hashem. You have a chaver in Eretz Yisrael, pray for him. Pray for him. Hashem protect him. But then add amongst all the people, protect them all. But pray for your friend. Maish, you know a person or two in Eretz Yisrael. Pray for them. Tefillah works. Tefillah works. Reb Chaim Shmulevitz held the mere yeshiva sitting in the bomb shelter. They're at the board. They're at the. They're at the. Literally, the battlefront was by the mere yeshiva in 1967. My father's friends were in the, the Miklat, the bomb shelter, with my father had just left Mir, I, think, I believe three, three months before. They're in the bomb shelter, the Mir, and the Jordan, the border was right by the, the fighting, literally, the heavy fighting was by the Mir Yeshiva, to the point that the top of the building was knocked off. In England, the press reported that, the, that everybody in the yeshiva was killed. Nobody was killed. They were in the bomb shelter. But the building was hit, a direct hit, and the top of the building was knocked off. 
There was a yid I was zayich to be close to of Uri Weinberg. The Uri Weinberg is Yerushalmi yid who lives right near the mirror. In his house, I saw things. He kept svarim that have hold him and his wife. They have no children. They were hiding in the cup in the in shelves, like in bookcases. They were sitting in the bookcase for some reason. That was like a safe spot. They were each on a shelf of the bookcase, huddled like this. He showed me svarim with holes in them. Bullets went through his svarim. I saw these eyes svarim with holes in them. That bullets went through. There were bullets flying right there. Bombs falling. Bullets flying right there, right by the mirror yeshiva. If the if the if the if the if the Arabs pushed over the border a hundred feet, the entire mirror yeshiva is dead. Because when they see Jews, it's a bloodbath. They just kill every Jew in the building. If they push over, they're right by the border. If the fight, you can't go out in the street. There are bullets flying in the streets. They're stuck there. If they push over about 100 feet the battlefield and they push the Israelis 100 feet back, the entire Mir Yeshiva is dead. To say 100 feet, it was right there. Hashem Yerachim. Hard to say these things. If, if, if they push over, it was Hashem Yerachim. And Reb Chaim Shmulevitz said the entire Mir Yeshiva was saved because a lady said to Hashem, she was a cook in the Mir Yeshiva, she was there for years, and he overheard her talk, communicate to God. Shem hears prayer. She said to Hashem, 20, this is what I said before over 20 years, I said 20 years, there were 17 years. She said, over 20 years, I'm an Aguna. My husband ran away, betrayed me in the deepest betrayal. And for 20 years, I have no money. I'm cooking in the Mir Yeshiva to try to scrape together pennies for my family. My husband betrayed us in the most deep way a man can betray anybody. He left the family. Left me alone, didn't give me a get. I can't even remarry to have another breadwinner in the house. He betrayed me and killed me in the most deep, torturous way possible. I'm a lady, can't get remarried. He ran off. I don't know where he is. Unbelievable betrayal, unfathomable pain has caused me. God, I stood here today and I forgive him. I forgive him. I'm willing to say whatever he did to me. He has his problems. I am Michael. You forgive your children. Please be Michael's for our wrongdoings to you, our betrayals to you, Hashem. Sedrib Chaim Shmulevitz, this lady's unbelievable prayer to Hashem, is what he overheard her say it and communicate to Hashem. People were davening night and day, the learning people talk that was going on in that bomb shelter was something people with there will never forget in their lives. Sedrib Chaim Shmulevitz, that he knows that her prayer is what saved the entire Mir Yeshiva. Prayer works, sincere prayer works. Hashem Zishemeh Tfilah, Davin Rabbi Say. Davin, put in a Tfilah, put in a Shemeh, put in extra Tfilahs to protect you.